Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Welcome to the 16th episode with Coach Ola. Today's guest is Dr. Jen. She is a physical therapist and an influencer. She helps millions of people around the world regain their mobility through her mobility method and the optimal body programs. In today's episode, we talked about how to regain our mobility during Ramadan, how our prayers that we do in Islam help us stay mobile and keep up with our mobility throughout our life. We talked about the best exercises for the core and we talked about the difference between mobility and flexibility and foam rolling and how to go about it. So let's get started and welcome a Dr. Jen. Hey, Dr. Jen, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. So excited to be here. Would you please tell us about your, yourself, what you currently do? Yeah, so I am a physical therapist out here in Los Angeles, California, and I i guess you can call me an influencer as well. I have quite a social following, and I help to just educate people back into their bodies. My whole goal is to empower people to take the reins back into their own hands and their health and their everything back into their own responsibility because really no one else is fixing you. I always say you fix you. And so getting people to truly start to understand that and how to start listening that and just providing the tools to be able to do that. Awesome. And everyone will share your link to your Instagram and work. It's so amazing. So Ramadan is coming up for us on May mm-hmm. 6th. And as a personal trainer, I'm a very big, big and pro on taking that month. A lot of people struggle with it when it comes to fitness, working out, how much to work out, what to do. And I want to push that thought and that work to take care of our mobility during Ramadan because it's not that hardcore, just stretching and Ramadan is the perfect time to regain it. Mm-hmm. This is why it's an honor to have you here and we'll talk all about it. So what does it really mean then to be mobile, flexible, and is there a difference? Yeah, so really the main difference between flexibility and mobility is flexibility is the ability to passively put yourself into a stretch. So that means, you know, pulling a strap with your leg or just bending over, no muscle energy kind of goes into it, where mobility is the ability to to lift your leg and step up onto a high step or to fall and catch yourself and kind of stretch your leg out. So it's the ability to actively lift against gravity and to actively be able to put your body in its own ranges rather than just someone passively doing it for you. And so the important thing to note between the two is that flexibility is great. It's an aspect that gets you into better mobility, but it's not going to really be the thing that makes you more functional because if you're just passively stretching all the time and breathing into it, it's great to be able to like lower our, you know, our, our stress and get us out of that sympathetic kind of go, go, go mode all the time. But we need that mobility and that active portion at that end range of motion in order to tell the body it's 
safe and it can revisit those ranges of motion and it can do it functionally like I was talking about stepping up or hiking or catching yourself from a fall or reaching up overhead or whatever it may be. That's where mobility becomes way more functional in your everyday life. Love it. And not sure. So for us as Muslims, we do five times a prayer today. You know how we stand, we we prostrate and all of that. And that's why I want to push that mobility even more into it. And it's all connected. Very true. So, and then why is it important to take time to focus on our mobility? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to point out a really good point about that. And I love that your cultural your culture and your religion does that because there's also been studies that have shown that there's lower risk of osteoarthritis within the hips because you're getting down and, and praying multiple times throughout the day. And I think that's awesome. Like in typical, you know, American Christian culture, you could say it's like, you're not getting down on the ground. Yeah. Hardly everyone, anyone is getting down on the ground multiple times. We sit in chairs, we sit in cars, we sit on couches and no one's getting down on the ground as much. And so all of a sudden you build up all these issues and your range of motion is lost. Where in your culture, that's what I think is so absolute, like there's so many beautiful aspects of it, but <laughs> I think that's one of the, one of the big things that stands out to me is that you guys like without even meaning to are taking care of your health. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so true. And that's why I'm like so excited because that's what I'm really want to push for. Like people get that. I like connect fitness yeah. to our practice and yeah. all that. <laughs> I mean, because it all goes in, in, uh, in one, like your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, it all becomes one when we really start to integrate it and appreciate it all, I think. Thank you. And this very, so my business name, my username is Be Fit for Akhira. And Akhira means afterlife. And it's been really hard for me to explain to people, especially like with Muslims, when it comes like, how can you be, people don't understand like, okay, like there's afterlife, this and that, but like what, where does fitness come into it? And that's what I want to push that into how, see, for example, like mobility comes into prayers. How can you be fit for prayers? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's so exciting. And then how much time should a person really devote to stretches then foam rolling and taking care of the mobility? For me, I think it's just, it's more about the consistency over time. Like I get that a lot of people are like, well, I do an hour yoga a week. And I'm like, that's great. But if you're only tapping into it one day out of the week, how much carryover do you think that's really going to have? And granted, if at least you're going, I don't want to attack anyone. Like great. You're doing an hour a week. Like I'm still going to praise you for at least doing that. But I think the more important thing to understand is that injuries, pain, all these things, they are little things that build up over time. It's rare that it's like, unless you got hit by something or you fell or there was an accident, but we don't realize that like the moment you go down and your back goes out, it wasn't that one time it was all these little moments that built up over time. So in order, if we want to kind of reverse all those little actions, we get to take little actions in our day-to-day basis. It's the same as like, you don't brush your teeth once a week and hope that you don't get cavities and your teeth don't fall out. (laughs) You brush your teeth on a daily basis because we're 
hoping that in the long run, those little actions that we're doing on a day-to-day basis to really floss and brush our teeth every day is going to help prevent cavities and root canals and everything else scary down the road. I mean, same with our bodies. You want to avoid surgery. You want to avoid heart disease. You want to avoid all these things. It's incorporating these little actions every single day. And the only way to understand what is really happening in our body and if we're getting And if we're starting to develop pain, if we're starting to have restrictions, is to move into it. We don't know what we don't know. (laughs) And so the only thing that we can do is just start moving into it every day. And so I always say, you know, I invented the mobility program, not so that you find all these exercises and have to spend an hour a day, but so that you find your your certain ones that work for your body. And you're like, I like to do this one before I get out of bed in the morning. I like to do this one before I work out. I like to do this one after I work out, or this one helps me get out of my chair at work. So all of a sudden you have like five exercises you did throughout the day without taking much time at all. Mm-hmm. And so my yeah. thing is really getting people back into this idea of if you just take and sprinkle it in, in little aspects and little parts, not only is it going to keep you healthier because it's going to remind you, oh, let me get out of my chair at work and, and do this little thing behind my chair, or let me, you know, do a couple of pinpointed mobility that I know I need before I do my workout or before I go to bed, before I, I wake up, whatever it may be, like you just sprinkle in these little things and you're already starting to take back control of your health and prevent future pain and injury. That's so true. And when you mentioned yoga, someone sent me a DM asking me about, you know, she's hypermobile or yes, hyper, like she's, she does yoga a lot. So doing over too much yoga and you can tell us about it. It's not very good because we don't want to be in the hyper, not too much stretch. So do you want to dive into that? Yeah. One way that you can actually kind of find out for yourself, if you have more laxity within your body, laxity just means like your the connective tissue between your joints has a lot more range of motion than quote unquote normal. So is just taking your thumb and, and kind of pointing it back. And what's called like a hitchhiker's thumb is if it goes flat and it just like, you know, the thumbs that just kind of naturally go over or the people that can take their thumb and kind of touch it back to their forearm. If that's really easy for you, you probably have a bit more laxity within your body. So you actually don't need to be doing these passive holds and these passive stretches for long periods of time because that could be detrimental to your joints and your connective tissue. So for those people, I would say you need a little little bit more strength training. You need a little bit more structure along your body to help support. And that's where mobility still comes into play because we're going to take those end ranges of motion and just add strength and stability to them rather than just passive stretching. And, you know, so, and it's, it's hard to know Again, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're doing mobility over a long period of time or yoga, and most of the yoga classes you're going to are only passive holds or only, you know, breathing and stretching. I would start to look at different teachers because I know some of my friends, they incorporate a lot more mobility into their yoga practices now when they're teaching. So they will do like, not only are you bringing your leg in and just putting it down, but you're holding it. Yeah. And not only are you, you know, and so they, they bring in these end range holds, which I think are brilliant and so good. And some people go to the class and they're like, this is not yoga. What are you doing to me? <laughs> but it actually is so much more beneficial. And it's, it's harder for sure, because holding and, and contracting at a range that is 
at the end range, it's really hard, but it's actually so much more beneficial for your body. So just taking appreciation of like, okay, I can do this stretching and I can do this holding and that feels great and it helps me breathe and relax and de-stress. But also remember that we need to add in this stability. I mean, we don't want to be way too far on one side. We don't want to be way too far on the other side. And and just the, the flip side, I have so many people who do like bodybuilding and weightlifting. And I've had people come to me when they incorporated exercises from the mobility method and say they went up a weight class because they were able to get deeper in their squats, deeper in their range of motion. And all of a sudden they're lifting heavier. It's like for some people, they're like, what? This is such an oxymoron. How is this happening? But it's it's true and it's real. And I think when people are able to truly just start to move into it, that's when they'll start to see and appreciate it. So true. When you said the squat, I showed well, what have, one of your videos to my friend, also trainer at my job, and he saw your squat. He's like, oh my God, it's a deep squat. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so it does wonders. And that also, I lost my thought of, thought of this, but I actually want to ask you, what is your favorite ab workout or what are your thoughts about it when it comes to for example crunches over flexing and I want to see your perspective on this (laughs) (laughs) so I hate to like necessarily tear down exercise because I don't I don't think that one exercise is is necessarily bad again if people are moving I'm so happy for you (laughs) like you're doing better than the majority of people out there to be honest and fortunately living a sedentary lifestyle is easier and more comfortable but we also, we just get to increase our awareness and know that times are changing and studies have changed on as to what things are happening. So when we even think of our abdominal muscles, we want to imagine that if we look at someone who has like a pretty six pack, it's built in, in these sections. But if you look at like a hamstring or a bicep, it's built in this long like row of muscles, right? And so if we just think about it like that, we already look at it structurally, they're very different. So why would we treat them the same? So why would we say, I'm going to do like a hamstring curl for my abs, which is just basically a sit-up or a crunch, and think that I'm going to get the same benefits as a hamstring curl where I just, or a bicep curl where I just pull it in. They're two different structures of muscles. So I think we get to treat them very, very differently and appreciate the different structures and the different fibers that are built. And that's why it's not as effective actually to be doing a crunch or like, I hate those cable pull downs. I can't, hand them when people kneel down and they're just like crunching really hard (laughs) or there's still that ab machine that I'm like why hasn't that been thrown out of the gym yet (laughs) where people just like crunch really hard and I'm like ah my eyes start to bleed a little bit (laughs) but it's really like understand that you're even though the abdominal muscles, they do help in spinal flexion, it's more functional. So it's more to like get you up or get you twisting or get you moving in, in, in these different ways. So we can, we can throw balls and move. We can, we can, you know, rotate through our bodies, but just doing, doing straight sit-ups is actually really not beneficial. And it could end up just causing some imbalances within the spine. In, the reason I asked that question, because I attended Idea Fitness Conference last year and I learned about the whole death of crunches session and brought up the whole belly breathe mm-hmm. and wood chops, rotations, all of it. Yeah. So it opened up even my own eyes as a, as a fitness professional, a personal trainer. 
when I went back to teaching like core classes and I'm doing like the the reverse crunch, for example, or, you know, the sit up, but you're twisting your hand side to side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are doing it the wrong way. They, they rotate the whole shoulder. I'm like, nope, keep that shoulder in place. Just your yeah. hands, just the weight. But, you know, like doing it so much, I'm having like back pain. And like, that's why I'm not a huge like, yeah, you can do it. But over too much doing like uh, crunching, flexing is bad for the spine. That's that's why I want to yeah. ask your opinion about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's why I think we get to we get to do it, uh, all of it, right? So yeah. if we're if we're going to be doing things in more of a flexion base, are you doing things in an extension base as well, or are you doing things in a rotation, or are you doing things like laterally pulling something where it's keeping your your whole trunk fixed and you're pulling something to the side, or carrying even just one kettlebell and doing carries and walking with it? It's pulling your body down, but you're resisting it, right? So a lot of res- anti, anti-rotation, anti-lateral flexion, anti-extension, all of those kinds of exercises as well, they work your entire core. And we need to rephrase the way we think about the core as well, because it's actually your center pillar. So from your shoulders all the way down to the pelvic floor is your core, which incorporates your glutes, your respiratory system. So your diaphragm and your breathing, it incorporates your shoulder blades and your serratus, like right around the shoulder blade area. So it it incorporates this entire thing. It's not just your six pack. And really, if people are going after a six pack, it's what you're putting in your mouth, not what you're doing with your body. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just so... (laughs) 80% 80% nutrition, 20% workouts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, no, but thank you. And that's, again, so, so for the Muslims out there, Ramadan is coming up. That's a perfect time to take care of your mobility, your stretching, resistance training. And I want to keep pushing that out there. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's such a good time. I mean, this is like the perfect time to just start to slow down and breathe and, and, and get reacquainted with your body. I would say. Yeah, because, you know, in our, a lot of like, I haven't seen many. So there are so many programs out there on how to eat right during Ramadan, smoothing that thought of like resetting your mobility, for example, resetting your resistance or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I, I need like <laughs> talk about it even more. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it's missing and it's not like it's a spiritual month, of course, but also a physical month that we can take care advantage of spiritually and mm-hmm. physically. <laughs> Well, and I think it only helps spiritually because if we, we think about it, like our mobility is our foundation. We we don't crawl or walk until it's literally a developmental stage to be able to put your toes in your mouth. And not that we need to get back to that stage, but it's just an example of how as babies, uh, how we develop, we develop that mobility prior to adding motor patterning and strength to stand and pick up things and squat. So it's the same within our bodies. Before we can we can hope to build strength or, or motor pattern or anything else, we have to get down to our foundation first. And if we want to, like even just sitting and praying and doing different things, like how much does it distract you if your body's in pain? Like we're, then you're constantly having the like, oh, don't think about my body. Like think, (laughs) you know, it's like you're constantly having to pull yourself out of the physical experience that you're feeling more. So again, it just goes in connection and it helps with that spiritual connectivity if you can relax into your body. And especially if we're in a high 
stressful state and we're not able to tap into that parasympathetic, that rest and relaxation and get our muscles to truly relax and those in that fascia to just glide better wherever it goes, then we're going to be stuck in that really stressful high state and it's going to be harder to tap into that spiritual practice every time you do it. That's so true. And I, well, I mentioned it with someone and like when it comes to prayers and I have knee pain. And so a lot of people also struggle with that. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, it's important to work on the quads, for example, to make the knees better. And that goes back to taking care of the stretching and strength. Yeah. So what is foam rolling exactly? Because that's also related. And I know you talk about it a lot in your stories and it's not just foam rolling that's going to solve the issue. So... Yeah. Foam rolling is great. So any kind of touch, any kind of stimulation, this is why we like massages. They feel great and they help your body to relax. So what we're really doing with foam rolling, especially because sometimes it's painful, right? If you're not used to that deep pressure the whole point of foam rolling is to relax our body, to relax our muscles and, and ultimately increase our range of motion and help with stretching and help with flexibility. And so what I like to do with foam rolling is just to tell people that we're not breaking up scar tissue. We're not manipulating fascia. There's nothing mechanically, especially from a foam roller standpoint, that we can really do in order to release restrictions. What we're actually doing is relaxing restrictions. So that's the way that I like to, to reframe it is that we're not releasing because mechanically our body is way too resilient to have a little foam roller or a little pressure actually break anything up, but we're re- relaxing within the system. So with underneath our our tissue underneath our skin, our tissues respond to touch, vibration, pressure. And that's why there's other types of foam rollers, the vibrating foam rollers and all those other things is because they can tap into the sensory system. And so once your body feels that, it tells the brain, oh, you can relax and it helps to shut off that tension, that tone within the muscle. And so if we can shut off that tension, we can get into stretches better. We can increase our range of motion. We can start to move better and feel better. So it helps with that ability to feel better. And this is why I don't think it's necessary to get the foam rollers that have like the pokey things or really increase pain or anything. Because the point is, again, we're not breaking up scar tissue. We're not manipulating connective tissue. What we're actually doing is just helping our bodies to relax, helping to decrease that tone. We are probably getting some fluids to like move around within there, which is necessary if we want those that fascia to kind of glide better and increase that mobility as well. It does help to bring blood flow to the area, move within the lymphatic system. So it it will help to get like fluids moving. So again, that could be a little bit of a mechanical aspect that's happening. But other than that, we're really getting everything to relax. So as long as we know what we're doing and why we're doing it, that's what's most important. So for foam rolling, I usually recommend anywhere from like a minute to two minutes on one area. And you're not just trying to roll back and forth as much as you can. We're really just trying to breathe and relax into different areas. So you kind of move along the leg really slowly, find areas that feel a little bit more restricted, see if you can breathe into it and see if it will relax at all. And if it's too much pressure and if you're feeling like this is too painful and you're grimacing and you're tensing up, then move through that area and go back to it or or support your body more while you're moving into it. Because the whole point, again, we don't want to increase that tone. We want to relax the tone. So getting into your belly breathing and relaxing into your diaphragm is going to be the most important thing to actually make it functional so that you can feel better. (laughs) So that's very true. But 
Did you mention that the spiky, you're not a big fan of the spiky ones, just the flat foam rollers? Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the ones that, that I, that I really recommend is the IntelliRoll because the way that it's shaped is actually really beneficial to the body. So I don't like just the straight foam rollers cause they're just, they don't really conform to your body. Plus they, they usually change their density over time, mm-hmm. but the IntelliRoll, how they've created it is a space for the spine. So you don't have any pressure onto bone, which is really nice when you want to increase that like release your back pressure or anything like that. And then they have concave areas for all your extremities. So again, you can, you can roll without having just a straight surface. So I actually, those are the ones I I really like and recommend, but again, the vibrating foam rollers, they do just tap into another proprioceptive aspect and get into that, those mechanoreceptors to help relax it as well. So that's why those feel good or like, or like the guns feel really good. But again, I would, I would go more to the hypervolt rather than the Theragun because, and this isn't sponsored by any means, <laughs> but the, the hypervolt is quieter and the Theragun is louder. So again, if we're trying to tap into the system and tell it to relax, you want things that are going to be more relaxing for the system. Very true. So I have like, so I have two balls, the rubber and the spiky one, probably the rubber one. Because the spiky yeah. one, <laughs> when I did it on my shoulders, it was way more painful. But the rubber one helped open up more my shoulder blades. Good. And, but if you do it wrong, though, it, it can be painful. Because I noticed when I foam rolled my, with the rubber tennis ball size around my knee, uh, quads, not my knee, around my quads, it actually made the pain worse. So mm-hmm. we need to be careful about it, too. And, and I know you talk about it, too, on your stories. Yeah. So really just listening to your body and waiting 24 hours to see how you feel. Maybe you went too aggressive and you weren't aware of it, you know, and that's why it's it's just good feedback to start to listen to your body and you will start to learn when you do it more. So then you can say, oh, I probably went a little too aggressive. How can I back off it last next time? And the balls that I actually really recommend for people too are the from Tune Up Fitness. So she has the, the therapy balls and just the shape and the density of those really help to conform to the body and provide the best stimulation, the best feedback that I've found versus anything else. Awesome. I'll I'll have to go look in them and link them in a show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Would you please tell us more about your mobility method program and how can we access it and get to it? Yeah. So the mobility method, it it really requires you to be motivated to do the work because, and I tell everyone this all the time, there's no one fixed program out there. There's no one, one size fits all. It's you have to create what works for your body. And the only way you can do that is to start to learn about your body. So within the mobility method, there's a whole self-assessment screen. And so there's 26 different movements that people move through in order to find where their restrictions are, sizes that are necessary for that restriction. So I also give suggested exercises. There's not, again, just one exercise. There's multiple things that can help to open it up. But you have to move through and see what feels most restricted, what feels like my body needs and create a program based on that. And that's what becomes super powerful. Now, I know that it's going to take time, but it's a lifetime program. And I always recommend you start with like two to three restrictions that are the most restricted for you and just start moving through those every day and kind of see how your body starts to feel. Then you can exchange exercises, add more in, take others away, stuff like that. And you just start to build a program that works for you because I get so many people who are like, what do I do about my back pain? I'm like, well, 
That can be coming from your upper back. That can be coming from your hips. That can be coming from your ankle. That can be coming from your big toe. (laughs) So I don't know. I can't tell you what you need to do for your back because you have to be able to find out what you need for your own self. Like we also get to realize that pain is a symptom. It's just telling, it's just confirming that something is not right within our body. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to feel feel pain. We want to be able to feel pain or else we would be falling apart. <laughs> so pain isn't something to be scared of. It's something to appreciate actually within a body because it's your body talking to you. But it's also to note that where the pain is doesn't necessarily mean that's the problem. The problem gets to be solved by you increasing awareness of your entire body. And that's what becomes super powerful and super key. And and for people who don't want to or don't feel like they have the time to really dive in to self-assess and figure out what they need for their bodies, I have created a membership that includes mobility flows for every part of the body core stability workout. So just like we talked about, like really understanding what the abs are and how to utilize them and functional HIIT workouts. So really getting into different directions within the body and strengthening in a different way. So those those really help you to be able to just pick and choose (laughs) rather than having to create your program and really finding your restrictions, finding what is not working well for your body just by learning over time. Awesome. And where can we find that program? If Yeah. So both of those could be found on my website, uh, docgenfit.com. So everything is through docgenfit. My, you can find all my free Instagram stuff through docgenfit, Facebook docgenfit, YouTube docgenfit, and docgenfit.com will be where all my programs are. Awesome. And also your Instagram account, the mobility program, right? Oh yeah. Is- the mobility method is up there as well. And we share a lot of great content on there too. She does. And also her email list, you guys, you got to sign up. (laughs) (laughs) And because you you have challenges sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Like I remember last, uh, before December, you had a challenge. And I couldn't do the whole, I was so mad at myself. I was like, oh my gosh, next year I'm going to do all of this. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, we'll have another challenge actually coming up for my birthday in April because it's just, I like to give back on my birthday. Awesome. And it's also spring. Bring your way into fitness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a great way to promote it. <laughs> so nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Make sure you follow her. Look her up on Instagram. I'll have everything in the show notes. And have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for Akhirah.